Hello and welcome to the Bourbon Brothers. We are podcasting from the Boarding House Bistro located in beautiful downtown O'Fallon. Here at the Bourbon Brothers, we'll taste three to four bourbons, give our opinions, rate them, and the winner will go into our infinity barrel. We'll also discuss, discuss current topics, life issues, and solve them one drink at a time. So let me introduce our lovely cast, starting with Big Sexy Jim. What's up, guys? Next, all the ladies love him, Fred. Hey, how you doing? And our lucky leprechaun, Bart. Yo, yo. And our product expert, Dave. Hello, everyone. So, Dave, what are we tasting first? So the first thing today, we will start with Lucky 7, the jokester. Comes in at 95 proof, 47.5%. Aged approximately six years. This is sourced from some undisclosed distilleries out of Kentucky, so it's probably maybe some MGP product, possibly. Um, comes in as a color of a rose gold, even though Fred thinks everything's amber. I like that name. What can I say? <laughs> she was a good year. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mash Bill's undisclosed on this. So a little thing about this bottle, if you guys are looking at this on your TV. Um, this is actually inspired. It has tickets on it. So each of the Lucky 7 brands have a different name on them. And this one is said the Joker, and it looks like a ticket for a movie. There came from two college guys that came up with this idea. So just a little thing about that. So on the nose, you should get some nutmeg, some cherry, um, dark fruits, vanilla. Um, but take some time smelling on that because that heat's going to come through with the alcohol. So you're going to – it's going to almost be overpowering. So try – to get through that, to get some of those smells out of there. What do you smell, Dave? Um, I smell absolutely nothing, but that's okay. Um, on the palate, you should get some brown sugar, uh, creme brulee, some allspice, maybe some baking spices, um, and then the sweetness and richness should come through after that. Um, then on the finish, should be a medium finish with the brown sugar and the sweetness still coming through with the spice on the back end. So... Richness, good word. It's, it's not bad. Thank you. What do you think about this, Jim? I think it's good. You think it's good? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's gonna be a good night, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's got a good flavor to it. I don't really get anything on this on the nose. I don't really smell a whole lot. Nothing like stands out to me, in my opinion. Uh, the taste on it's good. The burn, I don't really get a burn on this. Does anybody? It's a, it's a it's a slight burn, but it's kind of an enjoyable. Anybody get burn. bananas? No. Bananas? <laughs> yeah. That might be the nut. Seriously. No, no, Nobody's no, getting no, bananas. No. On the, I'm I mean, not sure Bart is. I'm always bananas. I, Phil, are you? Uh, does that burn to you? I mean, you're drinking it neat, so do you get any no, burn on no, that? I mean, no. It, it was a little bit of burn on the nose, actually. Yeah. Where, yeah. Like, yeah. That's where I got it. Oh, it's on the nose. Tough to get through that. Yeah. Okay. I smell some of these fruits. Did you say you smell diesel fluid? No, these fruits. More like these nuts. These nuts. <laughs> hey, Carlos, what kind of nuts would this be? <laughs> so, so Almond. Bart, say Bart. <clears throat> what? Um, basically, for most people, everyone in this room is probably settled in their life for the most part, right? We're all around the same age. Sure. Um, putting kids through college or kid, we're, most of us having our kids going to the next step. Some of us do have young kids, but most of us in this room having our kids going to the next level, right? Yep. Yep. So 
we've had our life experiences, our wisdom. We've learned a lot through our age and everything. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? You always wish you'd have known something different um, at an earlier age. So let me ask you this question. What is something that you know now that you wish you'd have known when you were a teenager? That I could have paid my kids up to $16,000 tax-free. When you were a teenager? No. Oh, when I was a teenager. Yeah. What's oh, something you, you know today? Oh, okay. I wish I mean something I know today that I wish I knew as a teenager. Do you want us yeah. to write that down for you, Bob? Yeah. Um, you know what? It's been a long fucking day. Uh, <laughs> you know what? This is not a multiple choice question. Um, I don't know. Shit. There's so many things I've learned over the years uh, that I learned. I mean, it could be many. Way. It can be more than one. No, I mean, there's just a, there's too much. I mean, there's just... You can never learn enough. I wished... Um, but let me, let me ask you a easier question. Okay, please, because I'm stupid today. What is something you can you, you wish you'd have known back then that have made you a different person or a better or richer or have a different outlook on life right now? Wow, it's... Uh, God, first drink? Really? Um, <laughs> uh, I can see the brain cells just right no right, right. Yeah. I'm trying. normally normally you here. know yeah. what there's all, all two of them. everybody <laughs> listen a lot of friction i think diff i think differently than most and i'm thinking that i had my journey because i had my journey and i learned the way i had to learn true um, yeah I so agree. i mean would it would i have been richer poorer would i it, here's what i know if i would have been famous i would have had to give up a lot of things that i enjoy now you know, I look at like documentaries of famous people, like the just the joy that I had of raising my children. Michael Jordan could never have had. I don't know. They can't. Can't I, I don't know. Store. He can't even go to a grocery store. He can't hang it's out. A, it's, on a it's, a, it's a friends. different. It's a different way of life, though. It's a different. His way life of is life, totally different from ours. I've noticed that. I wouldn't mind having that Michael Jordan life, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm, I'm saying that well. I'm saying that I, after watching the dance, yeah. right, and and he said that those four walls were his room for four weeks straight at that hotel, yeah, and that was right at the beginning of COVID, where our four walls and our basement, right, those were our four walls for for those four weeks. Yeah, I don't want that lifestyle. I'm social. I want to be out with my friends. I want to be able to go to a high school basketball game and chill with people and talk shit. So I'm not sure I would want that life. No, but that's his job. What's the question again? All right, yeah, we're uh, way <laughs> off yeah, track. Go to the next one. Yeah, go to the so, next one. So, I got nothing. What is something? Uh, so, you know, for me, several things. Uh, and, you know, there's not enough time for this query. But uh, angles would be one. But we're, I'll, I'll leave with that. So, but we're, Fred, we're, what hold do you mean on. By no, wait, wait, wait. We're, no, we're not going to get involved in that. <laughs> Uh, let's just say that's uh, personal and that's uh, relationship-minded, and it's something you learn as you go. But uh, And I wish I would have known more when I was younger. However, that being said, jumping in other categories, college, I wish I would have known what I know now it would, when I did college back then. Uh, I wish I would have known about government service because I might have gone in that uh, direction for my uh, career uh, as a GS. Uh, there's there's a lot of things that we learn now. Communication. How about with our spouses, right? Uh, not to get all into that. Just I We're was raised. I was ra hold on. I was raised in a traditional household, right, and and I had to learn it. I had no, to learn. This is a very easy, straightforward okay, so you question. So several, several, several things. 
Answer. All right. Answer I'll go. Answer. Okay. Yeah. So, what would I do different knowing what I know at 16 now? Yeah. That's pretty simple, man. What is it? I would have known not to get tied down when I was in high school. I would have, <laughs> I'm being serious. Because, I mean, every 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, I mean, you find your high school true love. How many in this room still have that high school true love? Nobody. None. Actually, mine came back I the second round. And I'll tell you what, when I was in high school, I mean, I loved my I mean, dude, and she broke my heart. And I did not go play college football because of her. Oh. And then six months later, we broke up. So go figure that one out. But, but, my life wouldn't be where it is today. Exactly. It wouldn't happen. That's what exactly. I'm saying. I don't want to change the life I've had. Nobody's going to change it. It would. Butterfly effect. We're, we're speaking hypothetical here, Bart. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, if you won $400 million, what would you do with it? You don't have $400 million, do you? Right. Hypothetically. Ask these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, ask these guys. All right, Dave. All right. Two things. One, I wish I would have learned how to study. Because in high school, I thought I knew it and everything. I got to college and it slapped me in the face. Yeah, so that's one thing. Do that to you. Yeah, <laughs> they do. But it really wasn't a slap in the face. It's a slap other places. <laughs> and the other thing is listen to my parents about investing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Say, Todd, you got one? Two, um, the value of saving money, uh, which, you know, I, I saw my grandparents uh, – they saved very well. Oh, you did. Uh, you know, and in time, you know, from the twenties all the way up through their yeah, life, they they saved money, and so I, mean, I was I was raised around that. But for some reason, I've you know I've pissed away a lot of money over my my uh, my life. But uh, I learned, you know, obviously at a time, you know, to stop all that and save. So I'm you know I'm doing well now. But I wish I would have started that process at sixteen, and then secondly. Um, the value of letting go of grudges. That's nice. a real good one. Nice. Yeah. Anyone else, let's, Jamie? Uh, let's pass that to the back table. You guys got anything? The only thing I probably would say is, is you know, I'm ex-Army. Okay. I probably would have gone in the Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always saw what good food and what good housing that they had, and where I was sleeping, it wasn't the same. <laughs> okay, so I got to start off with a little, uh, a little bit for that. I served 25 years in the Air Force, and I've had people, yeah, I've had people, obviously, like we rib each other, right, the different services. I've had plenty of people from the different services rib me for, you know, being in the Air Force, Chair Force, whatever. What I've said, what I've always said is, I've met a lot of people that have wished they went from the Army or the Navy or the Marines to the Air Force. I've only met one or two ever that have gone from the Air Force to another. And they've always become helicopter pilots. So that's great. That's warrant officer, but I'm with you on that. Uh, so, you know, I got to say I agree with you entirely. My journey is my journey, and I wouldn't be where I am today uh, if I didn't have that journey. So I, I really agree with that. And I also have to say, like my wife and I feel entirely blessed that we have been able to take those lessons learned and instill them in our children, at least to date. So entirely agree with you as well, Dave. I wish that I would have learned how to study. I, I tell my kids, good study habits and good grades make your life easier, and they just do. Same thing with saving money. 
I pissed away more money than I can think of, you know, until I was probably 40. And then I decided to learn how to save. Thankfully, it's worked out for me, right? Um, and then the other thing, you know, I kind of established this last time, but, I, you know, I, I'm a Christ follower. And, and I went through a long, dark period in life where I thought I needed to do it on my own before I realized that Christ meets you uh, where you are and he puts you where he wants you to be. And so I wish I would have known that because that would have made life a lot easier. That's it. Anybody else back there? Gary? Nothing? No regrets? <laughs> Not even a letter? <laughs> no, Gary? Well, you're my shit, Always good. No, we're good. Next. Back up here. All right, let's. Uh, do you have one, Chris? Uh, respect. Respect? Yes. Um, if I was younger and knew what I know today, Respect everybody, everybody, and I mean everybody. Yeah, respect. You gotta respect Towards. yourself first, though, with that Dolphins jersey. <laughs> <laughs> l- l- listen here, Gingerbreadhead. Nobody's asking you. He asked me a question. I'm saying respect. It's respect towards everybody, and I mean everybody. I don't care if it's a kid, an old man, an old woman. It's respect. Um, if I would have learned that a lot earlier, I'd probably feel a lot better about myself. But respect towards everybody and i mean everybody you have to have respect if you don't respect somebody yeah, you judge and when you judge right when you judge that's when you're fallible yeah absolutely yeah. Good good all right we rate this bourbon let's yeah, go and rate, let's it. rate it hit the next one i'm thirsty wait carlos what about you with me um something i wish i would have done earlier was invest at an earlier age um another thing um, and probably Gary can relate to this. Um, when you're in high school and you're athletic and you're kind of athletic and you're talented, you kind of like slack off because you're better than everybody. And then when you get to college, you find out everybody is good as you or just as good or even better. So you should have, I should have gave more effort in high school in athletics. I agree. Yeah. Big fish, little pond. Mm-hmm. Little fish, big pond. No, yeah, because you, yeah, you, you, step, you, step, you step on that college stage and everybody is like, damn, you won state? You won state? You're, you're, you're faceless, all American? You know, so you, then you got to work. You really got to work your ass off. You do. You really do. Best of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so go ahead and let's rate this bourbon. Let's do this. Can we give it an eight? Wait your turn, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the new guy? <laughs> so, Jim, what do you think about this bourbon? Uh, this is a good bourbon. Uh, this is an easy drinking bourbon. Uh, what's the proof on this? That one, I believe, is 95. 95 proof, wow. Feels pretty... Um, I definitely would drink that any day of the week. Yep. Uh, at any bar, not yeah. mixed. Um, I'm going to give this one a 7. A 7? Yeah, you know, the seven. reason why I bought a little higher proof this time, because our studio audience said, hey, weak ass, buy some higher, buy some stronger stuff. Because the last time I was like, I was thinking I, I was who said that. I was in the 70s or 80s or something like that. And, you know, they were drinking like Kool-Aid in the back. So I got to get something stronger. So just, just for our listeners out there, just because it's high proof doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> true Very story. true. That's for sure. Yeah. Solid seven for me. Bro. Solid seven. Yeah. All right, Fred. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. So very smooth uh, going in. Uh, a little burn on the back end. Uh, I, I enjoyed Amber very well. And I, I, I've always said this. I've never met a bourbon I didn't like. 
So, um, yeah, uh, I, I give this an eight. It, 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 I, I, I didn't get any of the smell qualities. I, I, I've got to agree with that. But the rest of it, the rest of it went down real easy. Is that a test, too? Well, Fred likes all bourbon. Remember Horse Soldier? We all put ours out. Fred's like, this is good. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'll take it home. You guys want to throw that away? I'll drink it. All right, Todd. It ate through the styrofoam. <laughs> yeah, I like this bourbon, too. I think it was a great, like, I call it an unwinding bourbon. Like, coming home from a, you know, day at work, just sitting around. Just like, man, I just need a little sip of this, and it's it's going to take that, that edge off. Um, you know, not a lot of burn, but, you know, certainly uh, very smooth on the back end. So I'm, I'm going to give it a seven. Awesome. Seven. All right, the back table. All right, I actually enjoyed this quite quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I would think if you were getting into bourbon, this would probably be a good one because it uh, there's not really a whole lot of bite to it. It's real smooth. Um, you know, there was a little bit of fragrance to it at the beginning when I and then whenever the ice took over, it it kind of went away. But I'd give it an eight. I like this strong eight. Nice. Yeah, I really enjoyed this too. I had mine on the rocks. It, it came on really strong at first, and then it, as the as the ice melts a little bit, the flavor dissipates and, and really kind of mellows out. So I really like the the unwinding analogy because you know you come home, you're stressed, you got that little bite, and then the more you drink, the more it settles, the more you calm through it. I, I'd probably give it an eight as well. I really enjoy that. Another eight. I liked it as well. Uh, I had it on the rocks as well. And as you can tell from my glass, it's empty. <laughs> and it went down pretty fast as well because I enjoyed it a lot. Um, had a little bit of a bite at first, like Chris was mentioning, but then it went away very quickly as the ice melted, uh, and it was a good sipping whiskey. So, so I'd, give it a, I'd give it a seven and a half. Eight. Oh, God. Whoa, the guy. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. You just rang his bell. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I think it was super tasty. I mean, it was. I've done some bourbon soul searching over the past month, and uh, I, I, was, I thought I was wanting to get into the higher. In fact, I mentioned it to you, Dave. I wanted to get into the higher um, proofs, but uh, I think I, I sit in that 95 to 110 somewhere in there, real tasty. This was surprisingly tasty. I would love to know who makes it and what the mash bill is. I'm going to so, give it an so 8. So I did a good job? It was a great job. did a good yeah. job. This one a good find. <laughs> an 8. Uh, I'll say an 8 myself. I think Todd hit it on the head. Um, anyone that's starting to try bourbon and go that effort, it's it's right on. It's right there. You know, it's not too harsh. It's not too slow, I guess you could say. But, man, it there's no, like, bang, but it's pretty damn smooth. Pretty damn smooth. 8. I would say this one would could this would be the one where you drink three of those when you're out because they go down so smooth and you're like oh wait a minute where the hell am I at because it's that good I would give this a 7.5 like my man in the back over there and uh, say that it's good on the palate and I think Todd said it best this is one that you come home at the end of the day takes that edge right off you're good nice David so to me it didn't have a lot of flair uh, profile was okay. The bite, it was not a big deal to me. Um, 
didn't do a lot for me. Um, I would drink it. I wouldn't turn it down. But it's just okay. I give it a five. Yeah, surprisingly, this is a nine for me. I loved it. I, this, this, would, this is going to go in my cabinet. Now, it is a little boring, so maybe. That's okay. And, but I loved it. This is for sure a nine. I'd say 9.5 if I could. 9.5? If I could. You can. You can. 9.5. It's a 10. Woo! Love I'm loving this. Oh, no, 10 then. No, no, it's a nine. <laughs> Can't be 10. Can't be 10. <laughs> You know, hmm. I've, I've seen this one before. It comes in, uh, this comes in a series of, uh, it comes in the Jokester and there's a couple of other of Lucky Sevens. Um, and I, when I saw it, I had to grab it. And the price wasn't that bad compared to other bourbons of that caliber. I think I paid like 89 bucks or something for it. Um, but it's, it was a good, it's a good flavor. Had a good hit, and it's one of those I definitely I will buy this again and put it on my shelf, yes, sir. and keep it on there. Yeah, that's good. So I'll give this one an eight also. All right, what's the next one, Dave? Let me get ready for the board. <laughs> All right, the next one we have is uh, Wadi Boone and Sons. Comes in at 95 proof. It is a pot stilled bourbon. This one is made in Tennessee but aged in Kentucky. Um, however, manufacturer is undisclosed on this. It's a small batch, aged eight years. Comes in at a price point between 75 and 85. Once again, it's Fred's color. We all know that. Amber. Yeah. So um, a little thing about this one. This pays tribute to Wadi Boone, who was the pioneer distiller that is believed to be one of the candidates for the inventor of bourbon. He, um, back in the early 1700s, he erected Knob Creek as the, one of a, the first distillery building. Um, and the rumor is that he employed Abe Lincoln's son, according to local legend. Once again, it's a local legend. But I thought it was kind of a neat fact. Uh, mash bill in this is undisclosed. On the nose, you should get some corn, some caramel, um, some lemon zest. Then on the palate, you should get the same uh, with some sweetness coming from the oak. And then with the finish, it should be a longer finish than the one we had before uh, with a touch of oak, uh, spice, and possibly a little cocoa on the end. So should I pick on you first again, Bart, or should I pick on someone else? What, is, what, what are we picking on? What are we, what's the question? Probably uh, something you could probably answer. Okay, go. All right, pick one sport. Boxing, oh, okay, I got you. baseball, or basketball. I'm going to go with boxing. Who is the greatest boxer and who is the, who is the greatest ambassador for the sport? Sometimes I it's not the, the same. Subject. Who? Easiest subject. It's the right. easiest. To me, Mike Tyson's one of my all-time favorites. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the best power fighters that I've ever seen in my lifetime. My lifetime. Um, but Muhammad Ali is, will always be considered the greatest. All yeah. Time. Yeah. And he was probably one of the greatest ambassadors uh, to the sport for the journey that he went through. I, I would agree. You're shaking your head, Jim. You're shaking your head. No, go. All right. Well, let's, let's not pick on Jim. No, anyway. pick on me. Butterbean. <laughs> huh? Butterbean. Butterbean. Oh, my God. Butterbean. Yeah. That's not a boxer, bro. 
How is but which 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 I'm one's Butterbean? Is Butterbean the best boxer or best ambassador? I'm kidding. All right, I was just asking. Uh, this is a circus act. I'm trying to think of the the gentleman's name. Um, which sport, boxing uh, or boxing? Okay. Lightweight, um, Hispanic. Um, Macho Camacho. Who? Cesar Chavez. Yes. De La Hoya. De La Hoya. Yeah, uh, breast ambassador. No. Why? No. Yeah, very humble. Nope. Whoa! Who? Who is an ambassador? Hey, wait. Go let him. Let him get his talk in. Who's hey. the ambassador? What'd you say? I'm sorry. De La Hoya. De La Hoya. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there were some good boxers out there who represented the sport well. There were. Wasn't he? He was involved in the Olympics and the Golden Gloves and everything like that, wasn't he? he? Was, but unfortunately, this guy is uh, not who he, he thought he would be. Who? Oscar De La Hoya. Oh. I don't know. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. Yep. If anybody right. don't like it, we go outside and box. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait a minute. I like we, that. We, we got gloves? Or are we going with gloves go. or bare knuckle? I mean, if you want some of these big old monkey hands, let's do this. But you got a box. You can't, like, slap. <laughs> so. I don't need a box. Trust me. Queensberry rules, you say. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got? Uh, you want to answer yeah. this one, Jamie? Um, one sport. <laughs> Boxing. I say basketball. Okay. Jordan and Bill Russell. Jordan, the best player. Bill Russell, the best. Player. Yeah, you can't, oh, you can't deny that. Yeah, that's Jordan, nice. Best player, what? Yeah. Bill Russell, the best ambassador. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you can't deny that. Well said. Well said. Well said. Yeah, I can't deny yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I can't deny that. Jordan, just no one like Jordan. No, they don't even understand. LeBron James. Oh my God. Who? <laughs> <laughs> no. You don't even mean Whatever. that. You you're just seven, like start you're shit. A seven So, David, I want to give you a special option. You can include soccer. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's, a, there's food back here, guys. We got some charcuterie boards. Um, boarding house donated to us tonight. Nice. Guys, help yourself. If you guys want crackers, let me know. I can get some crackers. Well, it's got to be a cracker. What are we drinking? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Dave. You know, hey, Dave. Guys, we, uh, we need to back Dave, up. answer this one. He went the whole thing. Yeah. Where's the second one? Yeah, the second one. Abraham Lincoln's son. Hold on. David, answer this one. Answer the question. Yeah. I do remember Abraham Lincoln's son now that That's my bad, guys. Yeah, so So the best player is Pele. And I honestly think the best ambassador of the game honestly is from a woman's perspective. Mia Hamm. She went out there and made women's soccer known to everyone, which in turn made men's soccer known to everyone. That's just my opinion. Hmm. That's a, you know, I got to think about it. that. Was, I thought you were going to say Pele again. Uh, back table. Let's start with the back table. Back Hold there. on. I want to answer this one. Boxing. Okay. Boxing. Okay. Boxing. That's my choice. Uh, Joe, Joe Lewis. All right. Best boxer. Joe okay. Lewis. There's a lot that comes with that. And now, why and do it, you say Joe Lewis? Hold on. In, a, in an era that needed to have a lot to come mm -hmm. from that. All right? I understand so, it. All right. Uh, uh, what was it? Max Schmeling or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, the Nazis. The Aryan race. Yeah. Uh, and he was the best in the U.S. at the time. And he put to sleep everything. So Joe Lewis, for me. And then uh, you're, you're going to laugh at this, but I really like him. George Foreman. 
uh, an advocate for the sport. George Foreman. I like George Foreman. I was going to say. Oh, hold on. Hold on. He, he, he came back <laughs> twice. He came back twice fighting even in his late. I think he came back three times. And in his late years. Okay, and he, he's a he's a great uh, commentator, and and he loves the sport. Yeah, and he's still all there. He's not. He's just not. Just, he's just, he's jovial, and he loves the sport. He, I, I'm sorry. He's a great advocate for the sport, and again, Joe Lewis. That those Wasn't are my he picks. Had like five boys, all named George. Yep, yes. everyone, even the girls. George the first, George the second. Yes, yeah. Everyone's named George. Yeah, five. That's what I thought. Everyone's named George. All right, back table. What do we got? Over here. I'll stand over here for a second. All right, so I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it local and current. Ooh. Right for me, it's Paul DeYoung, De DeJong, of St. Louis Cardinals. Nobody here knows who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Outfielder. Well, he's kind of a utility player, but outfielder with the, with the Cardinals. Um, the dude is he's a fantastic player. I'm not saying best player in baseball. By no means, he wouldn't say he's the best player in baseball, but. On his days off, he goes in with his mom and he volunteers at the Ronald McDonald House and he serves families all day long. They only get, I mean, a handful of days off a year and he goes and does that every single That's time. Cool. So I think he's a fantastic ambassador and role model. Okay. Who's the best player? Albert Pujols. Okay. Respect. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yes. Hey, that's his opinion. So I'll, I'll go with football. Going on today. Um, <laughs> this probably won't be popular, but as far as best, best athlete, Deion Sanders. I mean, back in the day, I mean, two-sport athlete, you know, baseball and football professional. How can you argue with that? Um, ambassador, that's a tough one. Um, obviously, I'm a Bucks fan, so I'm not a great big Brady fan, <laughs> but I'm coming around to that. Because um, he plays for the Bucks now, right? That's right, baby. Yeah. That's right. That's win, right. Win. That's right. So um, that's a tough one, though. That's a tough one. It I'm is. Not, I'm not sure. Um, so I'll just pass on that one for right now. Christopher Romero. Anybody else got something back there? Anybody else? No? Chris? No. You got one, Chris? Yeah. Uh, I would say George Foreman. As the ambassador, I grew with Fred. Older George Foreman. Before George Foreman, when he fought Ali, yeah, he was probably a big old dick, whatever you want to call him. But after he aged and became who he is today, I think uh, he's a great ambassador for the sport. Um, Bo Jackson is probably one of the best players ever to play a two-sport deal and be a badass motherfucker playing both of them. That's, That's the shit right there. If he if he never got hurt, what records would he have broke? Period. Oh shit! Oh god. Me, mine was kind of stolen. Um, I was going to start with boxing because I think that Mike Tyson, pound for pound, he would have knocked a lot of motherfuckers out easily. And I, um, as far as the best ambassador for that sport, it would be a Muhammad Ali. Um, through all the trials and tribulations that he went to, one point in time the nation hated him because what he was standing up for, and he stood up anyway, regardless of the fact. Um, so he, sometimes, sometimes those things when people, when they do those things, everyone disagrees with them. But when it comes out at the end, everyone agrees with them and loves him for what he did. And not too many people know really know who he really was as a person. You know, do you know he won the, the Olympics? 
He was a, he was a Golden Glove boxer. He was all these things, and he had a life, you know, after boxing too. You know, he was dedicated to the sport and doing things for people of his community. So I would I would say uh, Mike Tyson. I wouldn't fight Mike Tyson with a baseball bat. Nope. <laughs> What's the Mike Tyson statement? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. When you yeah. saw Muhammad Ali at the Olympics racing the torch, what did that do for you? Because that was very, very impressive. When I, at the last Olympics, when he passed the torch, I had tears in my eyes. Yeah. Really, I did. Because it's just his path to get there. You know? Um, and everyone supported him. You know? And uh, he's, just, he's just one of those guys that I think – there's only so many people who make me say ah when I see him yep. and make me feel nervous and yep. stutter. Um, he would be one of those guys because I wouldn't know what to do or say around him because I'll just I'd, I'd be like a little girl. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. You you know? me, so, but anyway, let's go ahead and rate. Say it for me. <laughs> do you want to rate this next one? Yeah, let's do this. Right. Start with me. Start with you, Jim. This is a good bourbon. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot more flavor. It's got a little bit more of a burn on the back end. Yeah. You know, that, that I shouldn't say burn. Let me take that back, and that's a bad choice of words. It's my mistake. The profile on the back end seems to linger a little bit longer than the first one did. It has a little bit of a burn on the front end. It's not terrible. Um, I would drink this again, but this would not be one that I would be like, hmm, I'm going to have to find this. I'm going to probably give this one a five. A five? Five. I love it. It's a five. <laughs> I didn't say I love it. I said I like it. It's a good bourbon, but it's just it doesn't just it doesn't do anything for me. Gotcha. It doesn't be like, bam. No, doesn't do that. All right, Fred. What do you think? I really enjoyed her. Amber, that is. Anyway, so no, getting right into this. Uh, this was a great bourbon to me. I'm sorry. I, I, everybody's got a different palate, all right? Everybody has a different palate. And I, tasty. I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if you can describe bourbon as tasty, but I liked the flavor. I liked the taste. Uh, I, I, there was a little burn, but uh, hardly noticeable. Uh, I, I, you know, I picture myself uh, Flacati rug, fireplace, uh, stove pipe, uh, nice, should I say blonde? Uh, no, amber again. Uh, and I'm, I'm officially this down. scared. This is really good. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm tempted to say nine, but I'm, I, I hate giving a nine. Eight, definitely heavy eight. An eight. All right, Todd. <laughs> yeah, do that. Absolutely. I mean, it's a good bourbon. I, I don't. I don't think it's better than the first one, but definitely has more flavor, uh, at least initially. You know, a little bit more burn. Um, uh, not a, like I said, not a bad bourbon. Um, I'm, I'm gonna probably give it a six. Well, a six. All right. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, I wasn't a really big fan of this. I, I think it had a lot of a lot of heat, a lot of flavor up front, and then once the ice started melting, everything went away for me. So I, I wouldn't go looking for this. I wouldn't order it somewhere. So I'd, I'd just give it a five. So five. Yeah. A five? This one wasn't too bad for me. Um, it did have more of a bite. 
you could definitely feel that. But as Chris said, as, as the ice uh, wore on, it loses a little bit of flavor, a little bit of bite to it. I'd, I'd still give it a six. You know, would, six. I, would I buy it? Not necessarily. I didn't like this one as much, and I still have some in the bottom of my cup right now because I'm kind of nursing it along and hoping it'll it'll even out a little bit more with a little bit more ice melt in it. Uh, it's a little bit hot. I, I didn't like it as much. Um, I was even adding strawberries to it in order to make it taste a little bit better. <laughs> so I'm going to give it about a four and a half. All right, so I think it's unfair to have had this one after the Lucky 7 because I found the Lucky 7 to be very tasty. This one, for me, was unremarkable. There was nothing nothing great about it, but I wouldn't pass it up. You know, if, you're, if we're tasting it, right, in a group, I'm not going to pass it up. Um, but for that, I give it a 5. There was just nothing nothing fancy. 5. And y'all better get some of this. Okay. Yeah, there's strawberries. Tyler's milk yeah, Todd. Uh, okay. Did, Todd, 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 you rated it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give it six. And I'm going to give this, I'm just going to make it short and sweet. It's okay. Um, I'm just going to give it a 4.8 and call it that. Five, all right. So, once I think there stated earlier, it was unremarkable. Um, wasn't bad. Didn't the flavor profile didn't jump out at me and make me go wow or anything like that? But it's decent. It's drinkable. Um, wouldn't pass it up. It's not something I'm gonna pour out. Um, I'll get a five. Another five. Jamie. Yeah, same with me. I give it a five. It's very peppery. Does that sound right to everybody? That's, yeah. that's and I don't like the peppery bourbon. I don't like the ones that just the pepper jumps out. So um, I'd say a five, but not. I've been here a couple of times where I'm just like pit, pour it out. It's pissed. It's not that bad, but uh, no, nah, it's not something I would put on my shelf at all. I'd never pay for it. All right. So Chris Romero gives it a seven. Yes. Um, it's not a bad bourbon. It's it's okay. Um, remember, we're going in most of these bourbons. We're going something blind. We probably never tasted these before, so we would never know that Lucky Seven was just going to right out the get-go is just oh my god and we're comparing everything to that so let's remember let's let's try to isolate these bourbons and just uh don't compare it to the first one you had just if you like it or not just remember that yeah um with this bourbon here you know i'm gonna be the oddball i'm not gonna be oddball because somebody else gave it an eight but anyway i'm gonna give it a six six, give it a six. so dave what do we have next all right next Next, we have Clyde May Single Barrel. Uh, this comes out of the Conku Ridge Distillery, uh, which is out of Alabama. This comes in at 102 proof, 51%. This is an Alabama-style bourbon. And what that means, basically, I didn't see. What? Is that good or bad? He took a sniff and he brought his head away. Oh. If you guys are watching this on TV, Jim's beard just shrunk. <laughs> um, and whiplash. <laughs> so this uh, this bottle here was barreled 418 of 2016 and then bottled in 727 of 
21. Uh, comes in a mash bill of 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% barley. MSRP on this is between $50 and $60. Um, this Alabama style basically means that what they've done is once this is barreled, they add oven-dried apples to the barrel. And it is supposed to impart some sweetness to it and take off a little of the edge. Like I said, I have not drank any of the Clyde Mays yet, so I have no idea. Um, but everything I read is it is, has a unique profile in the fact that not, not like anything we've tried before. So on that nose, you should get some caramel corn, some marshmallow, uh, cherry, vanilla spice. Now on the palate, the caramel and vanilla will come through with some more herbal spicing. And that finish, that finish is going to be a long finish, probably similar to the one we had with the Wadi Boon. Um, but you should get some sweetness. But then on the back end, you should get some peppery, maybe almost like an anise, like a licorice flavor, that little pepper on that end. So let me know what you guys think. So, Bart, are you going to be able to answer a question tonight, Bart? I can, yeah, I'll try. I All right. Well, you did, you did pretty good with Muhammad Ali. Thank you very much. You did pretty good with Cashers. But I'm going to ask you one that, that may lead you to another pathway. Okay. If the alien from a spaceship, not from a bus, all right, read between the lines. Not from a bus, from a space ship. Landed in a parking lot right now. And we have proof that it's from another galaxy or whatever. Okay. How do you think that would change our society and or culture? All right. I have two minds that are better than mine that I agree with totally. First one's Elon Musk. I don't believe in aliens. There's no proof of aliens. I just said there's proof. You just just, just land saying, in the parking lot. Hypothetical, you said there's proof. Of yeah, aliens. yeah, there's proof. But me, I don't believe in aliens. But I will go with Stephen Hawking. You can't go with anyone because you're looking at this motherfucker in the parking lot. I, no, I'm saying Stephen Hawking's process of what he said. If there were truly aliens that visited here. But and we're I not going go, with that, Bart. You're what? looking. You're turning around. There's like, there's an alien. Yeah, well, you, you can't know go what? with nobody I'm else. I'm gonna go with Stephen Hawking because Stephen Hawking's got the right answer, and that is. If they're smart enough to get here, they got bigger weapons, and whoever has the biggest gun destroys the other civilizations, and we become working off of that. So, what was you, hold on, the question hold is on. this. The question, hold on. Go ahead, Fred. The question is this, so everyone understands. If an alien from a ship, not from a bus, just landed in our parking lot, right? it's proof. It's factual proof. proof. Right. It's right there right. in front of our eyes. How do you think it would change our society and, and our culture? Well, just get used to doing whatever they ask you to do. I think you think you so? Asked the wrong person. No, just get you to do. No, this is this is opinion. This is opinion. My opinion is get ready to do whatever they ask you to do. So you think they're going to take over the earth? Easily. So you think you need to go out there and just shoot it and kill it right for back? Uh, no, because it doesn't matter one yeah. against the, whatever you know how many there is. Who knows that that could my weapon would work against them? Bend, thing bend is, over, Bart. Yeah, exactly. bend over. They're pretty much. I mean, that's what you're doing. Okay. All right. So, Jim, what do you think? 
society could not handle if extraterrestrial landed on this planet. Society as a culture just could not. It just they just couldn't handle it. I disagree. How do you disagree? I disagree too. Oh, you guys are partying with him. You got You're taking freaking Paul to the. I try to be boys. Getting high with him, you know. Hey, Chris. Chris. Man, what do you got? (laughs) Come on up. Why do you? Why do you? Why do you feel the way you feel? I mean, everyone. Before I say this, this is just an opinion, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is, you're right to have your own opinion. Don't get mad over. Don't get mad over someone's opinion because it's their opinion. Opinion is one thing. So yeah. if the question you're asking is, how do you think it would change? Change? How do you think society and culture would change if we have proof, factual proof, that an alien was here? What would your world leaders say? What would they do? What, how would they ask the question? What would they do? To, to actually confide in that. I mean, look, we're all we're all at war, even though we're not at war, mm-hmm. but we're all at war. So China, Russia, all of us, how would you answer the question? How would they come together and say, look, it's us versus them. It's not us versus us anymore. It's us versus them. How we're would they? We're an- not. Okay, listen. How would they answer the question? How would they we deal with just it? just like looking into this too much. We're not talking about an alien invasion. One single alien spaceship landed and E.T. walked out by himself. <laughs> That's not what he asked. That's exactly what he asked. How, how do you think it would affect our culture and society? A single alien landed in this parking lot. You're not, you're not special anymore. You're not special. We're not alone. That, that question's been answered. You're not alone anymore. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to jump in here. Fred, I'm going to jump in here. Alias Tony. Hey, so... Uh, yeah, they, they they was up at the uh, gas station, and I saw them, and they was all fucked up. They looked all fucked up. And so, yeah, what happened to God? What happened to God? That's that's what I'm worried about. So back to me. What happened to God? That's what I'm worried about. Anyway. That's a good question. I mean, that's a good response. I know they don't have the same one. Todd, do you have anything? Well, I think a couple things. Number one, we we have to realize at that point that all the misnomers and all of the, I guess the the assumptions are are off the table. And I guess the other part is we have to ask, start asking more questions and assuming less. So try to figure out what this really means going forward in, instead of saying that this is really what this is going to mean going forward. So learn first and make assumptions second. Okay, I respect that. Dave? So aliens just landed in Jim's parking lot. Alien. Alien, okay. Alien. So Not plural, not an invasion. Gotcha. So first thing, I'm going to be curious as hell. I'm going to walk out there. Is of course I would. Yes, I'm gonna walk out there and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him and make friends with him and see what happens. You're probably right, but you know what? They are just as scared as me as I am of them. And how do you know this? Because there's no proof. No, I'm just. It's my opinion. That's an assumption. I agree. Yes. So, but I would I would not look of them as a threat. 
I would look at them as just they are curious. Like we landed on the freaking moon. That's just my opinion. We never landed on the moon. That's did we leave? All right, let me take. The, let me take. Let me take. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go quick and let's drop this. Okay. I'm gonna answer the fucking question. Okay. Nobody's answered the question. You said how would it change? Jim's right. It would be fucking anarchy. It would be. No, I mean we're talking about what would we do. The question was what would change. It'd be fucking anarchy. It'd be everybody for themselves. There wouldn't be any questions. People would be fucking going insane. That's it. Actually, nothing would change. No, it, it, it'd just be more people here, right? No, <laughs> no hey, hey, go ahead, Gary. These are pronouns. <laughs> so, so, okay, so, right. so, okay, I'm going to throw a curve at this. All right. All right. So what is it? So we fear the unknown, right? So we're all thinking the worst right now. Now, chances are maybe that's right. But maybe, just maybe, we are stronger than they are, and, and that's something we don't think about, right? Because we think they're coming, they're going to take us over. So it's our own worst fear. So I'll just throw that curveball at you. Right, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't go that way. We wouldn't be. We wouldn't be sane enough to think of that way. We're the right. more, just more like we did. We feel like every, we're the one example we've had. I'm an Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're over talking. Hold on. I want to hear that point again. We're a what? So maybe hold on. So maybe the aliens are peaceful, and we're the more the aggressor society, and we're we're the ones that are going to kill everybody, and and end up you know we take their technology and then Good. expand out. I mean maybe it goes that way instead. I mean, all I'm saying is be anarchy. And I think that's it no would, question. It, it, it would definitely it would be create, anarchy. Would I, I, I thought you said we were a moral society. I was no, we're not moral. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Let's not go there. <laughs> go ahead, Phil. So I'm going to say this. I, I, the, the, there, are, there are basically three, three basic reactions that we're going to have, flight, fight, or, or freeze. Right? And I think that we, we recognize all three of them. I would argue more than likely of every man in this room, we've probably been in each, each individual less than five fights, I would assume. And that's an assumption only. Yeah. I know I've probably been in real fights, like full-on. You've been in a full-on fight, right? I would say if I was... If I had 10 encounters with somebody that I find to be scary or an aggressor, I probably froze five times and I fought five times. So I have no idea what's going to happen if there's an alien out in the parking lot. No clue. My only recommendation is read the book by Andy Weir called Project Hail Mary. And you'll get a really good uh, point of view from somebody that is far more educated on the subject of outer space and extraterrestrial than we are in this room. That's what I got. Oh, mic drop. Mic drop, yep. Go read a book. Read a book. Anybody else want to read a book? Wow. All right. All right. All right. All right. Carlos, what's your take? In my opinion, how society and culture change, I have to agree there would be an anarchy around the globe because. Anarchy as far as, far as, as, far one, as one alien. One alien. One yes. alien. Which is all it takes. I, I wouldn't say anarchy for one alien. I would. Now, if we started seeing one alien today, we started seeing five but tomorrow. Let me tell you why. 20 the next day, 50 the next day. That'd be total anarchy. But let me tell you why. It'd be a shock to religion. It'd be a shock yeah. oh, to yeah. um, evolutionists. It'd be a shock to scientists. It'd be a shock to a great deal of things that affects the global economy. 
because religion, God created everything in likeness of himself. So what's this freaky looking thing out there doing? Right? On earth or did that God create everything in the galaxy, the heavens, in the Milky Way? The heavens, and yeah, the he created everything. You're, you're wrong about the anarchy thing. You would have been right 20 years ago. Yeah. But now people in yeah. China would know about this within 17 minutes. That motherfucker would be less. the biggest Even if it was in O'Fallon. They would do a Super Bowl show this year. Even if it was in O'Fallon, they would know everywhere around the globe within an hour. Yep. Yeah. So that's why I think you're wrong yeah. about that. So, fucking anarchy. If you could prove it. In my opinion, you have people in the streets. You have people in all kinds of news channels. <laughs> Making up all kinds of shit that they don't even know about, and people will be splitting up and dividing. You think we're divided now? Exactly. Oh my God! It, it, it will be in World War Three over one alien that landed because of your beliefs and everything else. Hold on, it would be better us against them. It's not us against them, but you think about it. If it, it would was be better, if we all divided as a we, we could be, we be could be more we're cohesive. Not we could be more co more cohesive. But we're not fighting anybody. It, it depends on the scenario. You're right. You, you can't say people would come together because I'm gonna. You can't say people come together because we don't know. They're not. Because I'm gonna tell you right now. If and let's just say that hypothetically this this happened, and and I was Dave Levan's neighbor, I have guns. I have ammo. Dave has nothing. Why would I team with you? You're bringing nothing to the table. It's every man for themselves. Look at you. Well, see, I, I, that's big. if you don't have anything to offer, that means I got a whole another mouth I got to feed. You can't help fight anything. You're not bringing anything to the table. It's every man for themselves. It's chain And that's my point. And that's my point. If something landed, not just that, that, you that simple. Do that, Dave. That simple. Something you like would that. You would do that. Landed, <laughs> people will go crazy over it. Because what do you do? We always know there's maybe something out there, but now we got proof. You better have some ammo, goddammit. He's like, I got your back, man. Damn. Hold on, hold on. What Jim wishes he would learn at 16 is how to be more selfish than he really is. I wish I was more fucking selfish. Touche. Anyway, sorry, move on. All right, let's go. Are we writing this bourbon? Let's go ahead and rate this next bourbon. Yeah, uh, let's rate this next bourbon, guys, because that way we'll end this podcast, and then we'll go ahead and move on to this rye, because we're not going to podcast this rye, correct? Fred. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so Amber again. <laughs> God, I love her. Anyway, I, I, this one I enjoyed again. Uh, imagine that. Somebody laugh at that one. Imagine that. I enjoyed it again. Hey, guys. So, uh, tasty, uh, slight burn, the color's great, uh, and I, I don't give bad grades. Uh, I'm just one of those that, you know, if it feels good, you got to grade it up. Anyway, uh, I give this an eight. An eight? Damn. What's her eight? I'm enjoying. I want to be in your class. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Todd. Easy. I, I liked it. Um, certainly, you know, to echo kind of uh, Fred's um, response to that, but it, it had different flavor for me, a little bit uh, 
a little stronger on the front, smooth on the back end. Um, like I said, it was kind of a 50-50 bourbon for me. I was going to – I'd probably give it a six. Six? Yep. All right. Chris. It's James. <laughs> James Christopher. Yeah. Um, no, I, I thought it was all right. I'll be honest. I it's, This seems like the type that I want to pour. I like mine a little over the ice. I like it to, to just water down just a little bit to temper some of the heat. This is the kind where I would pour it, let it sit for five minutes, and then come back and drink, drink it. It tastes a whole lot better after it sits. But well, that, that, that being said, I, I don't think it's something I would shop for. So, I mean, this is kind of a six, seven range. I'd probably land on a six. You got a six or a seven? I'm right in the middle, but I will say six to make it simple for you. All right. Um, it, it was okay. Um, it, it did have that bite at the beginning. It smelled better than it tasted. Um, it kind of lingered there, but like Chris said, um, with the ice, it, it kind of tasted better as it sat. Um, I would, I'd give it a six. Another six. Yeah, I'll echo that same. Uh, as far as you know, the ice melting in it and mellowing it out, it made it uh, much better. At the beginning, obviously the smell. Uh, brown. I got a lot of brown sugar right off the right off the bat when I started sniffing in it, and it it, it smelled really good. Um, but in terms of overall, I'd give this one probably a six. Six Damn. even though. So I'll say this, for, for me, it was tasty. Uh, I thought it was tasty, but all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. I think this is an Alabama whiskey trying to be a Kentucky bourbon. I give it a six. Whoa. Six, another six. Man, all these sixes on a Sunday, what are we going to do? <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this thing a seven just because of Fred. I concur with Fred. That I'm gonna go to craft it was good, man. Six. It's a good. It, it is a good bourbon. If you if you knock it out, bring it out, and say, "Hey, you ever had bourbon for it?" No, come try this one. Boom, they like it. Oh, that's your first one. Then I'll introduce you to another one. So I would say a seven. All right, seven it is. Good, good call, Chris. Chris, I agree. Did Bart, you go yet? No, not yet. I could say this because I'm originally from Alabama. Um, it's like kissing your cousin. It's okay to do it once or twice. You just don't want to do it all the time. So I'm gonna... <laughs> Come on! <laughs> so I'm going to give it a 5.2. Wow. <laughs> didn't expect to hear that. You didn't expect that from Bart? That explains a lot. <laughs> David? So the profile on it was just what I kind of expected. Very unique. Um... Couldn't pull anything out specific, but I did like the combination of flavors in there. The 102 did not give me a bite like or a burn, which is okay. Um, I'll give it a six. You can't smell, right, Dave? You cannot smell. No, I cannot. Where you got, Jamie? Um, this one's kind of weird. Um, I love the smell of it. I got more butterscotch, but I understand what you guys think brown sugar. It kind of tastes a little bit butterscotch. But it went from really good smell. I didn't like the first one. But then, like everybody else said, once it got a little ice, that was really good for me. Usually, I don't see that big of a difference throughout the drink. That's where I would go. So, I give it a seven. That was really good. Yeah. But, again, I need that one to melt a little bit. I don't need them all to melt. That one, I needed the ice to melt a little bit. Mr. Uh, Romero. That's the question I have. So, okay. 
some of these bourbons that we have, you know, on the initial taste, you say, hey, Dave says, off the chart. As soon as you taste it, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. But most of these guys are like, look, when it sits a little bit, then you get a different. It opens up. Yes. Water. Um, I forgot the chemical name for it. But whenever you put water in bourbon, there's some type of chemical exchange that opens up different flavors in the bourbon. Yes. Yes. That's with all bourbon. Yes. So, like, when I initially taste it, I'm like, ooh, whoa, that's powerful. And then sometimes I, I wait a f- you said five minutes, five yeah. to ten, yeah. five to ten. Yeah. You take five to ten, and then boom, it's different. It's totally different. That's what I love, because that five to ten minutes difference is it's, actually it's pretty cool. And if you want to be an enthusiast about this, if you've ever had time, take a bourbon. Just take an eyedropper water. All right, eyedropper water. Take a bourbon. One of your favorite bourbons, or one you think that you may like or may not like. Take it. First, taste it neat. And then after you taste it neat, put a little drop of water in it. Or you can just put the drop of water in it. And then, you know, swirl it, mix it up, taste it again. If it's not to your flavor pattern, then put another drop of water in it. Just a drop. Yeah, because on the bourbon trail, all the distilleries, everything served neat. Yeah. Um, and all of them come with, well, I shouldn't say all. I think there's three or four that we visited. They have eye droplets. Yeah. You put one droplet in, and it changes the profile. You put two droplet in, changes the, it taste, the taste profile changes again. You know, yeah, I, I've never seen one, or I, I, I don't I remember. The right part that droplets of blood. Water. 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 Yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I droplet, you know. By the um, way, I thought this one changed the most from, from the first drink to, like, to later on. Yeah. Hey, Bart, you got something? What's that? No, I just, uh, I, I really I wanted to get to our last question. But, We're uh, almost there. We got to finish writing this bourbon. Oh, okay. This was our last it. question. Write it? Hey, We're done. Okay. Well, look, James. What did you So, me, me, and you got a left, Carlos. Thanks. What did you give it? Yes. Mr. Romero, what did you give this bourbon? Seven. Seven. All right. So it's me and you, Carlos. So me. No, it's me and you. Um. This bourbon was a, it was a good bourbon. The smell was good. The taste was good. But I don't know if anybody else got. I mean, did that on the on the backside? I mean, did that just taste stay on the backside of your taste buds? Yes. And it just would not go away. I mean, like I have finished this bourbon and I can still taste it on the back of my tongue. And I, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, it's it's not a bad thing by any means. It's got a real long finish, and that and what you what you're talking about is that profile that you can't really figure out what is that taste. Yeah. It's very unique. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was telling Jamie. I, I like it, but I can't figure out what that flavor is well, coming because it just stays It's almost there. like yeah, a, a, finish, a chalky. Finish, yeah. yeah, it's almost yeah. like a chalky finish yeah, it's to me. Um, I'm gonna bad. give this one. I'll give this one a five, Carlos. A five? I mean, this is. I mean, it's a, it tastes good. It doesn't burn, being 102 proof. But I wouldn't go out of my way to buy this. Carlos, so I've asked before, and I want to want to ask this again. A nine or a ten. Jamie just gave that first one a nine tonight. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. he gave, basically gave it a ten. So I asked yeah, you, and, I, I and I would say Kentucky Owl. Were at your house, and you said, "Has there ever been a ten? You guys said yes. Pappies. Pappies. Nine o- and Kentucky Owl ranked up yeah, there tonight. I think there was yeah, a couple of tens that night. Yeah. Hey, Pappies wasn't a ten all the way around. No. Pappies was not a ten all the way around. 
guys have given it a 10. So you'll, we, you'll, you'll never get a bourbon that's going to be a 10 because a lot of you guys like Eagle Rare. I'll dump that shit in the drain before I drink it. Everybody has different palates. Yes, yep. absolutely. What do you give a Carlos? You know what? This is not one of my favorites. Um, this is not toilet water either. It's like you're kissing your cousin, right? I've never kissed my cousin and never thought about it at all. I don't know if I have any relatives in Alabama. I probably do. <laughs> but on the other hand, this bourbon, I'll, I'll give it a five. Okay. Five? i give it a five. So let's go ahead and uh, score this, and we'll go ahead and end this podcast. So I'm going to, as, as I'm scoring this, uh, I'm going to throw this question out. Just throw it out. It may be controversial. Do you want to talk about this? I'm going to start with you first, Bart. You know what? Hey, I tell you what, man. Let's not let's not talk about anything controversial towards the end of the well, podcast. Well, it's not really controversial. It's not controversial. No, we're not going to go down this road. All right. Cut let's ask this. Podcast, so, no, we'll do it. make no. us happy. Don't make wow. us talk off the air. No. Hold on. Hold on. No, so hold can on. I? I'm, I'm going to ask a question. Okay. And this right. is non-controversial, and this is for all the Bourbon Brothers, all the guys in here tonight. Um, so we have a shit ton of crab and a shit ton of shrimp in my freezer that my wife is about ready to fucking throw in the trash. Hey. <laughs> hey, She's like, Jim, hey. if you don't do something with this shit, like I'm throwing a phone away. Is that from the last Sarah time we had one? So, here's my question for you guys. Do you guys, on the next Bourbon podcast, two weeks from today, do you guys want to do a shrimp and crab boil at my house? No podcast. Just taste. We'll, we'll just taste. What's the date? And we'll, two weeks from today, that would be October 2nd. Or October 3rd. October 2nd. October 2nd. October 2nd. Uh, yes. October 2nd. Do you guys want to do a shrimp and crab boil? Yeah. Um, hey, don't raise up your hand that quickly. We'll do, a, we'll do our normal time, 3 o'clock. Um, you guys can bring the spouses. We have a pool that's heated. We have a hot tub. So the spouses can... Got a pool and a pond. Pond would be good for you guys. I have no pond. I have a pool and a hot tub. Both will be for good for you guys. Uh, so if you guys want to bring your spouses, you can bring your kids if you want. It's up to you guys. We don't really care. Uh, our pool's heated, so we'll have the pool warmer or the pool heater on, so we can get. It'll probably be the last Sunday before we close it. Um, we'll have bags. We'll do everything. So do you guys want to do a shrimp and crab boil two weeks from today? Everybody good with that? Amen. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed. He's cooking. It'll probably be Gemini. Gemini and Chris. Gemini and yeah. Yeah. Hey, two of us are out of town, so we're opposed. So. You're opposed. <laughs> so is that a yay, yay or nay? Nope. Yays have we're gonna have. Um, what time, Jimmy? Because I'll be out of town. Three o'clock. Yeah, I can make it. So. Um, so what we'll have, guys, is we're gonna have snow crab. We'll have shrimp. We'll have. Potatoes. We'll have corn on the cob. Um, I'll probably have Chris brings. I'll probably the, the club will probably buy some charcuterie boards to snack on. The only thing you got to bring is just what you want to drink, beer wise. Should I do my chicken? You can do your chicken if you want. Um, we'll do our Bourbon Brothers at three o'clock like we normally do. We'll burn through it pretty quick because we're not doing a podcast. We'll burn through it quick. Um, so all the guys will be in the garage. The girls can be out on the back patio. Yeah. And then once we're done, we'll burn through the pod. We'll burn through our bourbon tasting in an hour. 
pretty quick so everybody can have fun. And then we'll smoke parts uh, ass and bags. Yeah, so, yeah, it'll be on Sunday. It'll be our normal podcast, 3 o'clock. Um, so what I'll do is if everybody's in the in the uh, text group, right? I don't know where you were the other day. But, okay. Uh, Gary is. Okay. We'll, I'll, we'll send the address out to my house. I'm not going to put that on the air. Um, so... And then we'll go from there. So everybody's good with that? Yes. Okay, perfect. All right, cool. Carlos, what's our ratings? All right. Coming in second place, Clyde Mays. That's their fourth one. They're coming in a score of 80. Coming in a score of 92 in first place tonight. Lucky. Lucky seven. Yeah. So Lucky seven is going into our affinity bottle tonight. So that's it for the Burton Brothers. Join us next time for more tasting and solving life issues, one drink at a time.